Good morning. No boot. <laughs> Got rid of my boot. And uh, it's good to be here again this morning. Uh, this verse just came to me about three o'clock in the morning this morning and I just felt God was saying this is what I was to preach on this morning. So uh, I'm, I'm as excited as you this morning just to hear what God has got to say from his word. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, let's turn to John chapter 20. Uh, it's interesting, if I had, had chosen an opening hymn this morning, I wouldn't have chosen any other hymn than what the hymn that Graham sang. That he's alive, amen? amen? Come on, Jesus is alive. Amen. And we love to know that he is a living saviour. And uh, one day we are going to see him face to face, amen? What a moment that will be when my Jesus I will see, when he takes me by the hand and leads me to the promised land. What a day glorious day that will be you looking forward to that day you looking forward to seeing the saviour face to face uh, John chapter 20 uh, and we're going to just read a few verses uh, from verse number 19 I was taking a bank last night, I was in a meeting, I was preaching a meeting and I said, open your Bibles, and I don't know if anyone had Bibles last night, you know, let's have the Bible, yeah, <laughs> and I take it to you as a Bible too, where's you there? <laughs> you were sharing, <laughs> uh, that was, uh, well a good night, we were in Glenboyg last night and uh, uh, it was fairly packed and uh, we had some wonderful uh, singers there last night from Colsaith, the Golden Oldies, I don't know that's what they're called, but uh, they were the Golden Oldies. They were all of a, of men of a certain age. <laughs> so I felt quite young coming up to preach, you know. <laughs> John chapter 20 says this. On the evening of the first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood amongst them and said, Peace be with you. Isn't it wonderful when we get these words spoken to us? When our life's in a turmoil when our life is upside down, when we don't know what tomorrow brings, when we don't know where uh, the, the circumstances of life are taking us, isn't it wonderful to hear the peace of Jesus spoken into our lives? And uh, we're going to touch a wee bit on that this morning. And he said, the doors were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And after he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As my Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. If you forgive anyone their sins, his sins they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And I'm sure that God will add a blessing to his precious word. I'm going to get rid of that, if that's okay with you. Uh, I just want to bring uh, God's word. Let's pray. Father, I just come in the name of Jesus this morning. <coughs> And I pray that this will not be empty words or wasted words, but words anointed by the power of your Holy Spirit. Pray that every life will be uh, opened up, every heart will be opened up to hear your word this morning. And our cry would be that as in heaven, so it would be here in Moodisburn this morning. To hear the very voice and heart of God speaking into our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. I have got written in my Bible here uh, just two words uh, uh, at the start of verse 19. And these two words are no threat. You know, 
no threat. Here was the risen Lord Jesus Christ and uh, here is a group of disciples who he had trained over a number of years, who had, who had watched him doing amazing miracles, who had heard his just amazing words. And here they are locked up in a room with fear because they didn't know what the future was going to bring. They had heard them speak about the future, they had heard them speak about different things, but here they are hiding in an upper room. The word for fear, if you ask this man tonight about the Greek and the Hebrew, it really has a sense of terror attached to it. They were in fear of their lives because they had seen the blessed Lord Jesus taken and crucified and killed on a cross, and they were wondering if they were about to be next and so they are locked up in an upper room because they were living in fear and so many of God's people today are living in fear and they live as victims rather than victors, amen you know, Jesus Christ tells us that we should live in victory because he lives in victory, amen we sang that, these wonderful songs this morning just I was so delighted to sing these songs this morning because it tells us that as Christ lives in victory so we live in victory Amen. Come on, we're a victorious people. We're not going to be a victorious people. We are a victorious people because we are washed and covered by the blood of Jesus. And I have got in here no threat. Satan must have thought that here was an abject failure of Jesus to train disciples up to carry on the work of the gospel. Here was Satan looking at these group of people cowered up in an upper room, frightened to move, and he must have thought no threat to my kingdom. No threat to the powers of darkness. No threat to anything that would change his, his power as, the, as the, the power of the prince of the air. And it was no threat. You know, I challenge myself as I'm challenging the churches in Scotland today. Are you a threat this morning? Does Satan find you a threat as a people of God? Is, does he fear you this morning? Does he fear you in your personal life? Does he fear you in your, in your assembly life? Because you see, Christians are the ones who are able to disturb the dark spiritual powers of this world. There's no other people on earth that has the authority and the ability to disturb Satan's power. And we should be a threat to Satan in Moody's burn this morning. The church in Scotland should be a threat to the spiritual powers of darkness that are covering our land and they seem to be winning the powers of darkness seem to be winning in this land of Scotland it is time for the church to stand up amen it is time for the church to take this in hand and say we are the victors here we are not the victims of darkness we are not the victims of what Satan wants to bring upon us we are victors in Jesus Christ and so here is this group of people and they are they are cowered in this upper room because they are frightened, they have terror in their midst and so they do not have any will to go out and do things 
we hear about the we hear a lot about these days about uh, about about the banking crisis. You know, uh, there has been so much talk about all that the banking crisis had bought about investment and not getting return on investment. You know, if you've got money in the bank, I don't know what that means, but if you've got money in the bank uh, and you get, I think it's is it one percent interest just now, and so many people are not getting a return. It's not even one percent. They're not getting a return on their investment. And therefore, uh, those folk who laid aside lots of money were not getting a return on their investment to see them through their retirement or different years uh, or, their, or their years. Uh, and I just, I, I just asked myself this morning, is Jesus looked down on this upper room and he saw all the things that he had invested in these disciples and what was the return that he was getting from them? You know, all the investment that Jesus has put into your life, all the investment that Jesus has put into my life, what return is he getting on that investment? You know, because he bore the cross, he, he bore the cross, he bore our sins, he died on our behalf, so that we might be free to live lives in freedom from, for him. And yet I wonder this morning, as he looks on my life, what, in, what return is he getting on that investment in me? Isn't it wonderful that God invested in you? Come on, isn't that amazing this morning? Come on, praise God this morning that God invested something in your life. Because you've been interested in who you are. And no matter who you are this morning, God has a plan and a destiny for your life. What that destiny or plan is, is his to know and yours to work out daily in your life. But there's no one in here this morning that is not known to God. Isn't that amazing? There is no one in here this morning who is not known to God. God knows every one of us this morning and he has a plan and a destiny for your life. He wants to, he wants to invest in your life so that you have a return on that investment. I think that's amazing this morning that God wants to touch your lives and he wants to come into your lives in such a way he wants to come into your lives in such a way you might have not entered into that purpose yet there might be some in the room this morning who have never made that step of becoming a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ there might be some in this room this morning who have not yet come to a knowledge of Christ as Saviour and to know the joy of sins forgiven but that doesn't mean to say that God has not got a plan and purpose for your life, for he has. And he wants you to step into that this morning. He wants this to be a moment in time that will change your, not only your life, but change your destiny. You, have, you may have come in here this morning not knowing why you were here. You might have come here this morning just because you've been asked to come. You might be here this morning. I don't know why, but I want to tell you this morning, this could be a moment in time for you, that you leave this place this morning with your life changed and your destiny changed because you're moving into the plans and purposes of God. Come on. Give God the glory for that this morning, that he wants to invest in your life. What will be you, your answer to that investment this morning? What will be your answer to that? When, when Jesus says, I bore your sins on the cross at Calvary, you no longer have to live in darkness. You no longer have to live in sin. You no longer have to live in fear. I've invested my life in you and for you, and I'm asking you just to come and accept me as 
your own and personal saviour. It's as simple as that. Taking a step out of darkness into light. Taking a step of uh, not having life in Christ to having life in Christ. And to see the difference that Jesus Christ makes in your life. Because Jesus Christ is the one who makes a difference in all our lives. And here is this group of people, and they're, they're up here. They're, they're, you see, the early church was not built on the, that uh, you want to move into the plans and the purposes of God. See, when you're a Christian, there is no need to fear. I'm going to say that again this morning. As you're a Christian, there is no need to live your life in fear. You know, fear is a thing that paralyzes people. Fear is a thing that makes people just stop and do nothing. Have you ever been in that situation? Have you ever experienced fear like that? That you just stop and you really don't know what to do or where to turn because you're paralyzed by fear. I want to tell this morning, he takes away all fear. He takes away all fear. He takes away the fear in life. He takes away the fear in death. He takes away the fear of not knowing what is on the other side of death. As a Christian this morning, the other side of death is glorious. The other side of death is wonderful because it will be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. What a prospect in our lives this morning that the minute we are absent from the body, we are at home with the Lord. What a, what a joy, what an expectation that to see his wonderful beautiful face you see we think the early church was made up of all these super spiritual people, no it wasn't <laughs> it was the very opposite because when Jesus was speaking to these disciples let me tell you something about them this morning from the other verses of scripture in the end of it, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John there was two on the road to Emmaus who had believed in Jesus who, who believed that he was the one and they're walking home from Jerusalem they had seen him crucified upon a cross they had seen him put in a tomb and they're walking home and they're disappointed you know they're desolate they're disappointed and this man draws alongside them and goes with them and they said what's happened they said are you a stranger here don't you know what's happened we hoped that he was the one and we've seen him put on a cross and so Jesus this morning it was him that drew near and Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Isn't it wonderful that Jesus comes and, be, and, and he's part of our journey. Amen. Doesn't matter how we are or where we're going, he's part of our journey. Uh, and so he draws alongside them and they're disappointed. I wonder if you're disappointed with life this morning. I wonder if you've got any disappointments this morning. I want to tell you, Christ is not a disappointment. He is all and all to me. Don't know if you ever sing that song, do you? It's been a while. It's been a while she sang that. Christ is not a disappointment. So he, Jesus goes after the disappointed. He draws alongside those who were desolate. And their life had been turned upside down because they were going to follow this man. They believed that he was going to be the one who would go to release them from the Roman Empire and bring in the kingdom of God. And so can you imagine them going home that road to Emmaus? Look, chapter 24. They're going home that road to Emmaus and they're desolate. They're disappointed. And Jesus himself draws near. You know, it's our darkest and deepest time of need that Jesus himself draws near. And he ministers to them. And they get so excited when he breaks bread and they recognize who he is. 
and they, and they rush back to the disciples and they say the same words that we sang this morning he's alive <laughs> he is alive because in there where was the disappointment now it had gone because he was now living on the other side of death and because he lives we shall live also are you excited about the prospect of that that no matter what our life takes us no matter what he is alive and because he lives we shall live also you know every song this morning was just amazing when we were praying this morning I have got a lot of songs in my mind this morning but we're just going to see where the Holy Spirit takes us and these songs were just, uh, just amazing. Christ alone, you know, you know, Jesus seals my my destiny. Nobody else is going to seal your destiny. Jesus seals my destiny. And so we have Jesus going after the disappointed. And then if we had read down past in, in John chapter twenty, these other verses, we'd have found that Jesus went after the doubter. You know, there was one of the disciples, you know I'm talking about, Thomas. You know, he, he was a doubter. Unless, they told him about Jesus being alive. And he says, unless I see him and put my, my hands or, or my fingers in the, in the nail prints of hands, I will not believe. And so Jesus comes after this a second, a third time. And he comes especially for Thomas. You know, have you got doubts in your faith this morning? Have you got any doubts in your faith this morning? I want to tell you, if you've got doubts about faith this morning, Jesus at that time just draws near and reveals himself to you. You know, he revealed himself to Thomas. And then he appears to his disciples here. They had all gone their own roads. Peter said, I'm going fishing. And the said, well, we're going to join you because they thought that this was the end. All that training they had under, under the Lord Jesus Christ, they felt because he was put in a tomb, had come to nothing. Had come to absolutely nothing. And see, they went back to the things that they normally did, to the fishing and to different things. But Jesus met them on the seashore. <laughs> you know, he met them where they were just doing all the fishing. And he met them on the seashore and he made their breakfast for them. What a wonderful breakfast meal that was that morning when Jesus had the fish uh, on, the, on the stones heating and being cooked because he knew that he had to come and see and let them see that he was alive I think it was John or Peter who was in the boat and said it's the Lord it's the Lord and they rushed to see him oh Jesus is just wants to draw you into your life he wants to be part of your journey this morning no matter what, where your journey is or how it is he wants to be part of that journey and then he went after the man who denied him. You know, we, we spoke a bit about last last night at, uh, at Glen Boyd. God gave me a verse last night for Glen Boyd and I had never spoken again before. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you that he might sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. Isn't that wonderful that Jesus says, I have prayed for you. Not only does he, not only does he want to be part of your journey, but in the circumstance that you're in this morning, he's praying for you. You know, imagine that. We often speak about our prayers, but how about Jesus is praying for you this morning? And if you're not a believer this morning, if you've never come to faith this morning, I want to tell you, he's praying for you. <laughs> Because he wants to see his prayers answered. And there's not one prayer of Jesus that's never been answered. 
because Jesus says my father always hears me and so if Jesus is praying for you this morning you, his prayer will be answered and so Simon, Simon uh, uh, Satan has asked for you that he might sift you his feet he might shake your faith but I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail and that when you return I want you to go and strengthen my brethren and that wonderful verse that no matter how far we've gone off the track Jesus is praying and then when you come back he's got a purpose for your life again and so Jesus goes after the, dis the disappointed he goes after the doubter he goes after those who have just went back to their old way of living and he now goes after those that are denied him because he said to, the, to his disciples go tell my disciples and Peter you know we serve a loving saviour we serve a, a saviour who's not going to discard us we serve a saviour who's not going to lay us on the scrap beat because of our failures because I want to tell you if, I, if he put us on the scrap heap because of our failures I would be at the, the very bottom of the scrap heap but God has got patience and God has got grace and God has got love and it keeps bringing us back into relationship so that his plan for our life might be completely fulfilled. And so the early church was not made up of super spiritual people. It was made up of people who were disappointed. It was made up of people who were doubters. It was made up of people who were deniers. It was made up of people who had a disregard because they went back to doing everything their own way again but the thing that brings them together is Jesus it's wonderful when Jesus himself draws near my prayer this morning was that Jesus would be in the room this morning that we'd sense his presence that no matter what the circumstance of our lives were we would sense the, the glorious wonderful presence of Jesus that he would sit beside us that he would take our hand he would lead us on into the place that he wants to take us and that we might know something of divine fellowship this morning. And so here are these, these disciples and they're cowering, they're frightened and all these issues that they had. And Jesus himself appears in the midst of them. Wow. Wow. And they look at him. And they see it's Jesus. Ask your man tonight about the Greek word for seeing here. Because it's interesting, I'm not going to it, but if you want to ask the man tonight who knows the Hebrew and the Greek, you ask him about this word, weren't the disciples glad when they saw the Lord? It's a different seeing and sawing, it's perceiving, it's perception that he is who he said he is. And Jesus himself stood in the midst and he's seen their fear, he's seen how disturbed they were, he's seen, he read their hearts and his first words to them was peace. You know, he's the giver of peace. Remember in upper room he said, my peace I'm going to give in to you. Not the peace that the world gives, but my own peace. And when you become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, all the turmoil in your life can get washed away by the shalom, by the peace of God. Are you needing peace this morning? Is your life a bit of a, of a turmoil this morning? Is there things happening in your life that you really feel that you need the peace of God? I pray now in the name of Jesus. I pray now in the mighty name of Jesus that the peace that Jesus is speaking about here would descend upon you now. That if you're in any turmoil or any doubt about anything this morning, that the peace of God, the peace of Jesus would come upon you and you would just know that peace just falling on you now. That takes away all the turmoil that takes away all the doubt, that takes away all the fear, 
That's the kind of peace that my Jesus brings. That's the kind of my peace that my Jesus wants to give you this morning. The peace of God that rests upon you. You see, when you're outside of Christ, you cannot know that peace. It's only when you come into that relationship with Jesus that you know that peace, that wonderful peace that settles on you. And that peace just came upon the disciples in that upper room. And it says that they were glad when they saw the Lord. It's wonderful. We're able to see him here in time, sense his presence. But one day we're going to look upon his wonderful, glorious face. Is that the prospect you've got this morning? If you've got the prospect of God's fair heaven this morning? You know, I haven't got it on this morning, but our church is doing a, a, a thing called explosion evangelism. And you get a badge, and all that's on the badge is two question marks. You know, and so, so people come up and say, why you got a badge with two question marks? And you say, well, that's interesting, because I've got two questions to ask you. <laughs> you know, and it's a wonderful way of doing evangelism, because folk come up and, and uh, you've got this little badge on, and you've got two question marks on. And folk will always ask you about your badges. Folks seem to be drawn to the badges that's on your collar. And all that's got on it is two question marks. And I'll say, hmm, Nancy, <laughs> you've got a badge on there, it's got two question marks on what, is, what does that mean? Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I've got two questions I can ask you. One, if you were to die tonight, and I pray that God that you won't, if you were to die tonight, where would you be? That's the question I want to ask you. Where would you be? And two, if you were to find yourself in the presence of God, at the gate of God's heaven, why would God let you into heaven? Two very simple questions, and uh, it's interesting the conversations that you can get out of these questions, you know, because it opens a way in which you can share your, your, your faith. And uh, I just pray this morning that uh, we all know Jesus Christ as our Saviour, because not to know Him is not to be able to enter into God's fair heaven. You know, I believe that God puts a call out to every meeting that we're preaching that some will come to faith. That some will have their faith renewed. And I wonder if there's someone in the room this morning who needs their faith renewed. Maybe needing going through very hard, very hard circumstances and you need your faith just to be rise up that other level this morning. Jesus comes and says, Peace. My peace I give to you, not the peace the world gives. That can be peace one day and war the next, but the peace of God that settles on your life. And then he, he, he sends them out. He says, peace be with you again. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. You know, we have a wonderful Saviour who has been sent by the Father. And he now meets his disciples. It's not only the disciples, it's everybody who's gathered in the upper room they're speaking to here. This is not just the apostles. Because it's a different word in the sending. It says, as my father has sent me, for those that are interested in the Greek, that is apostelos. That is the, the sent one with a purpose, set apart for a purpose. But when he says, as my father has sent me, so I am sending you. It's a different sending word there. Look it up in the Greek when you go home. <laughs> but it's a different sending word that's there. It's a word that means he's dispatching you with a message. That's all it means. You've got a message that he's dispatching you with a message. As you've come into the goodness and the fullness of all that Jesus has done for you, he is sending you to tell other people about that message. That's all. I'm sending you. 
I'm dispatching you on an errand. I'm telling you to go and tell other people what you know about me. You know? And so that's not to the apostles, that's to everyone who's gathered in the upper room. And that's to every Christian community. He's still speaking that word today. As my father sent me, so I'm sending you. I wonder if he's dispatched you with that message, how are you fulfilling that dispatching? It's be- All it means is he's sending you on an errand. He's saying, tell people about me. Tell people about what he's done in in your life. And just tell them how wonderful a saviour Jesus is. Because a wonderful saviour is Jesus my Lord. A wonderful saviour to me. And I can't mind the rest. (laughs) He hideth my soul in the cleft of his hand. And he covered, no, he hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. And he covers me there with his hand. That's my saviour. Is he your saviour this morning? That's my saviour. I know that he's got me in his hand. He has got me in the palm of his hands. And no matter what life throws at me, I am his. Not only for time, but I am his for all of eternity. And the power to do that message is not our own power. He breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Because it's only in the Holy Spirit's power that we can change things, not only in our own life, but in other people's lives. Oh, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives this morning. God sent his Spirit to dwell within us. You know that wonderful uh, song that we sing, uh, if I can just remember it, I'm getting old now Graham, I really am, my memory is not as it used to be, you know, uh, and and leaving his spirit till the work on earth is done. What's that one again? There is a redeemer. There is a redeemer, Uh, you know, and thank you oh my father for giving us your son and leaving your spirit till your work on earth is done see we need the spirit of God to complete the work of God we need the spirit of God and that's why Jesus says as my father has sent me I am sending you and he breathed on them and he said receive the Holy Spirit because he knew that there was no nothing they could do without the power of the Holy Spirit working in them and so isn't that just these few verses this morning isn't it amazing that Jesus comes with peace that Jesus comes in person and that Jesus comes with a purpose to send them out into the world to share the wonderful message of the gospel. If you want these two badges, get Graham to send for them, get the church to send. Uh, Evangelism Explosion has got them. And all it is just two wee verses, two wee question marks on, on, a, on a badge that you put on your, on your, on your, hangman, uh, on your jacket. And people will always want to say, hmm, that's interesting. What's this? Why would you use a, a badge with two question marks on? And then you can see Jesus has said, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you to tell them about who Jesus is. And it opens up an opportunity of just saying, well, let me tell you about my Jesus. He's an amazing saviour, isn't he? He's an amazing Lord. And no matter where we are in life's journey, he's there for us. He has got us in the palm of his hand. And once in Christ, in Christ forever, thus the eternal covenant stand. Nobody can pluck them out of my father's or my father's hand. They're in my hand, and they're in my father's hand, and no one can ever pluck them out of my hand. If you become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are saved in time and you're saved for eternity because no one can pluck you out of my father's hand. 
How would you like that security this morning? How would you like that sense of being so secure in Christ that no matter what happens when you lay your head on the pillow tonight, that you know that it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. What an assurance, what a word of testimony this morning. When, when peace like a river uh, attendeth my soul, or, or, or when, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot you have taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. What a wonderful assurance that Jesus comes and Jesus brings us this morning. Will you walk in that this morning? Will you walk in that assurance? Will you walk in that peace? Will you walk in that faith knowing that Jesus always with us on our journey? And when our journey comes to an end, we know that we walk out of time and we walk into eternity and to see the wonderful, glorious face of Jesus. The Lord bless you this morning. It's not my usual preach, but the Lord bless you because I believe that that was the word that God wanted me to bring. I had a Bible somewhere there, it is. You know. The Lord bless you. If you have any questions this morning about anything, come to me or to Graham or to other leaders here because we would love you to know something more about Jesus Christ as your own and personal saviour.